The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. Show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Paul, certified financial planner, one of the only independent commission free financial advisors in Rutherford County. All about me, check out jasonqualcfp.com. That's J A S O N Q U A L L S C F P.com. If you want to jump in and be a part of the show, the web address is financialcoachingradio.com. Click email the show or any of the social media tabs there. Send a message, send a comment, send a disagreement. I'll get back with you as quick as I possibly, quick as I possibly can. Excuse me. Let's get right down to business. During Christmas break, right before the holidays, Congress decided they were going to shake up the retirement business. And I know we've talked about what could have could be coming. Is it coming? Is it not coming? Well, it's here. Some retirement plan law changes are here. And let's talk about what you need to know how it affects you. And most people that have 401ks and IRAs, you as the account holder, <clears throat> aren't directly impacted impacted by most of it. There's one major issue that changed. The day or the age where you have to start drawing money out of your retirement plans. So if you're not aware, if you have a 401k, a 403b, an IRA, anything that's a pre-tax retirement plan, and you're... We're going to assume that you're retired. The old rule said if you're age 70 and a half years old, you had to start taking money out. And there was a you know, formula to figure out how much you had to start taking out. And it's called a required minimum distribution. Well, this new law that just passed has extended the age to age 72. Now, if you're already on RMDs, you already turned 70 and a half you know, before January 1st, doesn't apply to you. But if you were not 70 and a half years old, uh, on January 1st, 2020, then this is going to apply to you. Have, you can wait till age 72. Why that doesn't necessarily impact a lot of people, because what I've experienced, it's not everyone, but it's most. Most people, now why did you save your retirement plan? Why did you, why did you accumulate these retirement plan assets? You accumulated retirement plan assets because one day you're going to use that money to live on. So when you retired at age 60 or 65 or whatever age you retired, you started spending some of your 401k on a monthly basis or annual basis. You started spending some of your IRA. And usually when you're spending some of your IRA or retirement plan in retirement, it's most likely more equal to or more than enough to meet your required distribution. So it doesn't really matter if the age was 70 and a half or 72 or 75. You were taking it anyway. But for those of you who are 69, 68 and younger and you've been thinking well i've been retired for a few years i I don't need money from my ira but i know in the future when i turn certain age i'm going to be forced to take it out it is now age 72 and the quick formula there's tons of calculators just google rmd calculator i think schwab has a really nice one Uh, basically every big investment firm is going to have a, a required minimum distribution calculator 
and you put in your information, the account balance, you put in the date of birth, all that kind of thing. It'll give you the, the actual amount based on your situation. But in this sense, it's about 4% a year. You know, it changes a little bit, but it's about 4% of your balance is what you have to withdraw. So it's not some huge number. And again, most people are living off their retirement plans anyway, and they're already spending that 4% or just almost to that 4%. What else changed with the retirement planning rules with what just passed in Congress right before the new year? Well, the stretch IRA is gone gone. We're like, what's well, a stretch IRA? Is that a new? No, it's not a new type of IRA. It's where you actually use the tax laws, you use the distribution rules to stretch out payments from a retirement plan as long as you possibly can. So under the old rules, in essence, if you took out the minimum as yourself, uh, as your account holder, and you pass it on to your wife when you died, and she took out just the minimum, and then she passed it on to your children, and they took out just the minimum. They continue to stretch out the minimum payments as long as possible. You could essentially pass that down to generation to generation without depleting the balance of the retirement plan. Well, now, for non-spouses, if you're not married to the person and you're not inheriting the money, there is a 10-year rule meaning if you inherit an ira you inherit a pre-tax retirement plan and you are not married to the person that died you got 10 years to get it out now there's some exceptions for disabled and people who are sick but you have and minors but for most people who inherit an ira a 401k and they're not the, married to the person. They're going to have to take out the money within 10 years. You can take it out in 10 equal payments. You can take it out in one lump sum. You can take it over. You know, it doesn't really matter as long as it all gets out. What I'm, I just kind of thought of something where I'm not actually clear on this deal. So I'm thinking, let's say I, today I inherit $100,000. And I, I think I know the answer without having to look it up. I'm just kind of thinking out loud. I inherit an IRA worth $100,000 from my mother, let's say. And under these new rules, I got 10 years to take it out. So I'm not going to take it out this year. I'm not going to take any out uh, if that's how the rules are going to let me. I'm just thinking out loud. So I let that $100,000 stay invested, let it grow for 10 years. And maybe in 10 years, it doubled. Now it's worth 200000 Am I only forced to take out the 100000 of original inheritance in the 10-year period? Or do I have to take out the original plus the earnings? Hmm. I would bet it's probably going to be all of it. Not just the original, but it would be cool. Now, I could be wrong. These are new laws. No one is an expert on them yet, but I'm just it would be cool if you the earnings could stay and just the original inherited amount had to come out in 10 years. So bye-bye, stretch IRA. New ages for required minimum distributions. All big changes for retirement plans. What else was in this bill? Uh, a lot of people are talking about Roth IRAs. Uh should you be doing more conversions to a Roth IRA now? Maybe, maybe not. You know, the thing it comes Roth IRA conversions come down to taxes. What tax bracket you're in now versus the tax bracket you'll be when you start spending the money. And you don't know those factors. You know what tax bracket you're in right now, but you do not know uh, with you know, unless you're doing it in the next two or three years, you do not know what tax bracket you'll be in when you start spending your retirement money. Because Tax brackets change all the time. Your income level could be, you know, income need rather should be, could be higher or lower than what your current spending level is. Usually lower. 
but the, I think the thing with the Roth IRA conversion where you're trying to manipulate or minimize required distributions and pass on tax-free money to your children or your, your family in general, I think it comes down to the tax bracket we're in right now. Trump passed tax laws that cut tax brackets for tax rates for most people. You're probably never going to be in the most people, not everyone, but you're probably never going to be in this low a tax bracket again. So, uh, if tax bracket the tax bracket rates go up because it re set to reset back in, in 2025, the old rates come back. So you could convert some of your regular IRA to a Roth now while tax rates are low and then get the payoff at least some benefit when tax rates are likely to go up in the next five years or even sooner depending on who wins the election but it's still an unknown roth iras and conversions are not always absolutes this is why you need an independent fee only certified financial planner on your team go to jason qualls cfp.com only work with advisors who only work with you or for you rather they're only paid by you and have the best credential in the business cfp jason qualls cfp.com all right this is our first break stick around right here on wg and ask me back right after this Between car payments, repairs, and the price at the pump, it can feel like your car is going to drive you out of house and home. Fortunately, Donegal Insurance Group can make keeping your car on the road more affordable. That's because for safe drivers, Donegal delivers rates that are among the lowest in the state. To find out how much you can save, call your neighborhood Donegal agent today. To save on your auto insurance, call us at Middle Tennessee Insurance Group at 615-898-0053. Buying a house is stressful, and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? Tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. Tothero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. If you're not waking up to the Wake Up Brew, here's what you've been missing. I'd say we're as big as the Beatles. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> At the okay. Memorial Walmart, we are. <laughs> Waking you up with news, traffic, weather, and fun. That's going to be a new promo. At the Memorial Walmart, yeah. Boy, that's, uh, that's something else. The Wake Up Pro with John, Brian, and Dalton. There's no other station but WGNS here in Murfreesboro. Weekday mornings from 6 until 7.50 here on News Radio WGNS.
Welcome back to Financial Coaching Radio with you every Monday through Friday, 4 o'clock right here on WGNS online anytime at financialcoachingradio.com. Here to talk a little bit about real estate investing is Billy Brown. Billy, welcome to the Financial Coaching Radio Show. Hey, Jason. Good to, uh, good to be with you. Thanks for having me on your show. You're welcome, man. Glad to have you. And we time to time talk about investing. We talk about mortgage lending. So why don't you start out talking about uh, what you do, what makes you a little bit different, and uh, we'll kind of segue into some, some ideas to help the listeners. Yeah, best way to describe what I do is I match lending with the project. My main clientele are real estate investors, and most people don't know that there are specific lending tools out there just for real estate investors that match what the project is and can actually maximize profits. Most people try to uh, take a loan that they know of, a mortgage that you normally do for your residential uh, home, and try to fit their project into that, and they get very, very frustrated because it doesn't happen. Um, lending's a tool. So what I do is I go there and match the lending um, for the project to maximize profits for folks. And you mainly focus a lot on the big, bigger projects, commercial, but if someone were to say, hey, Billy, I, I've amassed a decent net worth, I have some cash, i got a ton in the stock market, I'm doing that thing, and I realize the importance of that, but hey, i got 200000 300000 500000 that I'm thinking about getting into real estate investing. Someone new, but not a novice when it comes to general investing, what would you suggest that they do? What's the steps they should take? Have a lot of conversations. Uh, we just recorded a podcast type, I don't know how to call it a podcast, basically an introduction to folks, kind of like we're describing, that want to get into real estate, diversify their, their holdings, that may don't know what to do. But there, man, there's, Jason, there's about a dozen different ways that you can be a invest in real estate without even actually owning a property. And I think that so would until you, that, yeah, that, that people one, hear that, I think. One, one that matches your, your intent, your timing. How much money you have, accreditation, non-accredited. I mean, there's a there's a lot of opportunity out there. So I want to let you and your listeners know. Just don't uh, go try to do a flip. Well, that's that's kind of where because I, I think most people when they ask the question, "Hey, I, I want to get into real estate," that's is that a good idea? Is that a good investment? And they're thinking they got to go buy a property, fix it up and sell, it, or buy a property and become a landlord. And you just meant there's there's many ways to be involved, and, and you can say actively, but. Is many ways to participate in real estate investing. Won't you give two main ways that you'd see a an introduction person taking advantage of that? Yeah. Well, first off, you know, my day is as a lender, so you know what I'm about to tell you is some stuff like, well, why would a lender tell you how to do this and not need a lender? Um, so, but I'm an investor at heart, and I want to help people um, basically get more more profit out there. There's a lot of profit made in real estate if you do it right. So, you know, one of the ways, obviously, is the most common way is is you would think that you go buy a rental property, you go buy something in East Nashville and you rent it out, uh, be 20, 25% down, you'd rent it out for $2,000 a month or whatever it's renting for right now, and there's your profit, you got a piece of property that's probably going to go up in value, and, and there you go. But good luck finding that property. There's, so, and then it'll cash flow that way. There's actually a lot of people out there that need partnerships that are very good at finding properties and manage them, but they're not very good at coming up with capital because they have their capital deployed in so many different ways. So partnering with a person or a company that has a good track record is a great way to get your toes wet into uh, being a landlord and owning real property. It's very, very safe. There's lots of ways to protect yourself legally and financially, and you know you just got to have those conversations. 
Well, I think you, anyway, make, a, you make a great point there. Someone says, you know, you, you're like, if you're getting into this, you're new at this, and, you know, you're not going to be able to find the best deal because the experienced investors are better at you at locating those. So you're more likely to make a bad purchase when you're trying to buy a property in the way you described. So there are other ways to, to, to make money. Lots of other ways. Um, and we'll put it this way. If you're not in the network and people are doing this and doing this full time, if you are like I am, uh, you're, you're, you're going to lose because anything that's on the MLS, it's already been handed around to all the, the people that have been doing this professionally, and it's the leftovers, and there's no meat left in the bone. You're, it's you know pretty good likelihood there's no meat left on 40 years to make a profit. And investing is about making profit. So yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna beat it up, and it's gonna be frustrating. You get try to do what's called Han Solo all by yourself. Uh, it is the worst way to go do it. Uh, you'll learn a lot very quickly, but but a lot of it is a lot of pain. Well, we're talking real estate lending and real estate investing with Billy Brown. His website's BillyBrown.me, right? Me. That is correct, as in me, myself, and I. So I, I come to you, and I, I kind of hear what you're saying. I, I don't want to buy a property straight up. I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough time. I'm not going to find a good deal anyway because those deals have already been picked over. But I do want. I'm interested in this partnership thing. So I basically, do I just I put up money with a bunch of other people, and we go in and, and with other experienced investors, and we go do a a larger real estate deal. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, there's two versions of this, and, and one version is actually kind of more what what you're you're used to in your world. But the first version is, uh, good example. Uh, we've got we're you know my wife and I are going to go out there and go buy a property. We found something off market through our network, and it's undervalued. It needs a little bit of TLC, but our capital is deployed in other places. So we're a lot on our capital. We're willing to give up equity and cash flow to somebody to come in and meet that need, partner with us. Like, hey, we've got the experience, we've got the team, we're just lying on capital. Um, friend over here says, hey, I, I've got the capital, I wanna get my toes wet in this rental thing, let's partner together, what does that look like? It's usually, there's two splits that you can talk about. Again, these are generalities, I'm not doing any solicitation, but just kinda of give you how it works. You can split equity, then you can split cash flow. The person that puts up the cash flow gets the cash flow back the first. The person that finds the deal and manages it usually gets a majority of the equity. Gotcha. But it's all negotiable. So, so it, it can be any mixture of equity and, and, uh, and well, cash, cash flow. flow. They may take a little bit more of everything because they've got the team and it's more of a passive approach. So when now, you, someone's in your put, world, you take that to put it on steroids, we have what's called syndications. And that's a fancy word for you're going to go out and carve out 70% 65, 70% of a bigger project, apartment building, a self-storage, a um, medical office or whatever, and you've got a group uh, on the managing side, that's called the GP side, general partnership side, that goes in and they know how to run stuff. They got the team, they go create this thing, they found it off market, or they found it through their network, and they go put together the offering. And then they go out and sell shares to pass investors. Again, this is all just high-level stuff here to kind of give you a high-level example of what it looks like. And people can passively invest, either through their solo 401k, themselves, how that looks like, into this project that's backed by real estate, and they get a, you know, some kind of a preferred return plus a PC equity. Now, how is that, is that the same as a non-traded real estate investment trust, or, or is it slightly different? 
Yeah, you have to file an exemption with the SEC. Uh, there's two exemptions that you file is a either a 506B or a 506C, and this is this gets a little hairy, so I don't want to lose people on the, on the radio. But the first question is: you see one of these things come across your your um, your email or or something like that? Ask a lot of questions. You also come to you, Jason, to go investigate it, see if it's something you want to go uh, go look into. But the exemptions, uh, the B is a friends and family exemption, meaning you do not have to be accredited. And I don't know if you talked about accreditation or not um, on your radio show, Jason, uh, but that's kind of your world there. But if uh, you're not accredited, then uh, you can get any these stylistic Bs. But there's very, very tight restrictions on that to make sure that the non-accredited people don't get burned gotcha. on investment because they don't—they're not as quote sophisticated. Uh, and then you have the plastic C's, which are the uh, accredited investors, and those can be advertised, plastered the place, and those are you know kind of what you see all over the place with um, uh, you know on Facebook or, or advertisements. As a REIT, it's, it's a real estate investment trust, like a REIT, yeah, type deal. So someone, you know, someone's asked, you know, I, I'm going to ask a bunch of questions. I'm, I'm going to partner with someone who's going to do this larger product and partner with more people that are putting up money, and I'm yep. going to be this investor. What type of return would I expect in that arena? I know it varies property to property, but just in a general sense, what would be the, it, the minimum? It varies. You used to be able to get substantially uh, your total, well, there's, there's actually kind of two returns, so to speak. One is your cash on cash, your dividend, so to speak. How much, if I put X amount in, how much am I getting out? Guaranteed-ish, quote, guaranteed. And then if the property improves, you improve the performance of the property. That's one cool thing about this, a little side, side note there. Uh, for investors, whereas you go put money in Coca-Cola or whatever, you have no control over the growth of Coca-Cola. You think it's, you know, more people are going to drink Coca-Cola as you grow up, so the value is going to go up. With apartment investing or anything else, you guys should control the value of this by how well you manage it and do it very, very quickly. And as a passive investor, you get to participate if it's set up this way and the upside. So if someone comes in and manages it better than the previous manager, you can have a substantially higher return. And that's more of a um, internal rate of return. So that factors in the, the time that your money's left in there, as well as the upside if it sells. Usually it's a five-year type deal. But your cash-on-cash cash numbers, again, generally, anywhere from 6 to 8 to 10% is what you're seeing. And that's not bad for you're, a passive kind of income-type return. No, no, no. Then, no, no, no. It's a, I mean, those are, those are kind of glorified uh, savings accounts. And they have some big ones that have a little bit more, um, I call it, not say hair, but ability to pre-up. This is where it differentiates between like the REITs. You know, REITs are, you know, 50, $100 million and up. And these are, you know, one to six to $10 million deals. I mean, for people listening to radio, that's a big deal. But in the world of real estate, commercial real estate investing, that's not much. Gotcha. Um, I mean, heck, there's houses <laughs> being sold in Nashville for that, even Murfreesboro for that matter, right. for a million bucks. Um, so th those are kind of small numbers. So you get some um, smaller groups of investors that, that uh, help people put their money and deploy that. But your overall cash on cash number, 6 to 10% is normal. And then your overall internal rates of returns is anywhere from 12 to 20%. Well, it's, it's a pretty big range. 
Well, it's certainly an interesting topic. There are ways to invest and participate in real estate returns without being a landlord. Billy Brown, billybrown.me, billybrown.me. Billy, what's the best way besides the website to get in touch with you if someone has a commercial lending question or a real estate investing question off of the air? Man, that, the website's the best place to go. I've got FAQs on my website that handles a lot of the questions that that, uh, that I get. And if they have a lending need that they really are is pressing or have some questions about, I have a calendar link there on my website just to go you know, book a call. It's free. I don't charge anything. So just book a call, and we'll find a time to talk that you know fits both our calendars. And you know, and if it's like really pressing, then just send me an email. It's Billy at BillyBrown.me. Good deal. Well, Billy, I appreciate your time and your expertise, my friend. Jason, thanks so much, man. All right, this is Financial Coaching Radio. We're going to take a short break. Be back right after this. Stick around right here on WGNS. Papa's got a brand new bag. Do you have a financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134 or go to my website, jasonqualscfp.com. You have worked your entire life for what you have and you deserve to determine how your assets are passed on to your loved ones. Make sure your estate plan is in order by calling John Baker, estate planning attorney today at 896-5621. Estate planning is not about you, but those you leave behind. For more, go to bakercouncil.com or call 896-5621. Hi, this is Gabriel Fancher. Whether you're thinking about buying or selling a home, I can help. Buyer opportunities are better than ever, so call me at Reliant Realty to find out more. 615-445-5073. Real estate is a key to building long-term wealth. So ask for me, Gabriel Fancher, when you call 615-445-5073 or online at mt615.com. Again, that's mt615.com. 615-445-5073 for all your real estate needs. Welcome back to the one show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio. No books to sell, certainly not peddling any live event tickets. We'll leave that to the other show. I'm your host, Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner. For All About Me, go to jasonqualcfp.com. A lot of jammering on about student loans again. It's like a political topic, you know. It used to be, it's not that it still isn't, but abortion and gay marriage and taxes and the economy. You know, those have been typical issues that politicians have had in their debates for a long time. But student loans, have, ever since old Bern, Bernie Sanders came into the scene, what, I guess four years ago when he was running, I believe, around about then. Started talking about just making, uh, paying off everyone's student loans. It's kind of been a hot topic because I guess people are trying to go after the people who have student loans, and that would be the younger voters. 
what's going to happen with student loans? Nothing. Is the government really going to step in and pay off your student loans? No, I don't think so. I really don't think so. Uh, but there are some, if you're going to be responsible for your own student loans, so we have this, you know, income-based retirement or income-based repayment plans and whether that's going to pan out, who knows. But if you're paying back your own student loans, don't be paying the minimum payment. Uh, and I don't think you should be applying for loan forgiveness. I don't think it's ever going to work, but you can look into it. Certainly, you need to look at refinancing to private loans if it help you because look student loan rates got, they got or are a little ridiculous as it relates to normal interest rates normal interest rates are so low but student loans are still turning out significant interest rates so if a private company is willing to refinance your student loan something you definitely want to consider but as we talked in the in the segment before the gentleman billy was talking about you know ask a lot of questions you got to ask a lot of questions here because I've looked at student loan repayment options. I've looked at student loan refinance options. And in many cases, you're just better to keep what you got and keep chugging uh, because uh, not for everyone, but for a lot. That's why you got to look at your current situation. Look at what your other options are. Get a second opinion from a qualified financial planner to help with the tough decision because you don't, you don't want to keep bouncing around. And many people, like I just said, they don't recommend refinancing student loans. A lot of people say don't make a lump sum payment to your student loans. A lump sum payment can be any amount. For example, let's assume that you have a $75,000 student loan and you're on a 10-year repayment. If you make a one-time lump sum payment of $5,000, you would save $4,850 on your student loans and pay off your student loans 10 months early. So... Making lump sums actually helps you in a huge, huge way. So if you're looking to get out of student loan debt, I encourage you strongly to get on that because so many people, so many Americans have such high student loans, it's hindering their ability to buy a home, which drives a lot of the big parts of our economy. All right, this is Financial Coaching Radio with you online anytime at financialcoachingradio.com. All you got to do is click on the archives tab. Get a long list of all the past shows. I'm back with you right after this short break. When you work with an independent insurance agent, you put the power of choice to work for you. Independent agents know several companies and their coverages, which means more options. And because companies like Donegal Insurance Group use the independent agent system, you not only get quality insurance, you also save money. The independent insurance agent system. Discover the power of choice. Make Middle Tennessee Insurance Group your choice. Call today for your hassle-free quote at 615-898-0053. Would you like your business to be more efficient? Well-organized financial records are the foundation of any successful business. Taking advantage over your competition today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. They can provide you with expert bookkeeping, payroll services, tax planning, and much, much more. Go to thwcpa.com or call them at 848-1072 today. How much are your investments costing you each year? Most people don't have a clue. 
Why is this extremely important? Because overpaying by just 1% a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28%. You heard me right. 28% less at retirement. I'm commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. I don't sell financial products. I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website, jasonquallscfp.com. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Jason Qualls. I just had a thought pop in my head of a show that probably three or four years ago, maybe longer. Uh, this guy named Mark Faber. He used to be on CNBC all the time. It was right before the, the Trump election. He would just be, the end is near, the stock market's going to crash, stock market's going to be down 20%, going to be down, you know, buy some gold. You know those people. Those people never know well, for sure. They can have their opinion and that's fine. But where are those people now? I don't hear them as much. Now, they still talk about when is it going to decline? When is the economy going to slow down? Or has it? are we already in a recession? Keep chugging along. Control what you can control. You can control how much you save. You can control where you save it. You can control how it's invested. You cannot control taxes, the economy, politics. You know, you can have your say with whatever your vote or whatever, but you don't really control those things. Stick with what you can control. You'll end up in a very financially happy place. I guarantee it. You're saving enough of your income. 